What up, dramaticos? It's a beautiful day because I finally have a real reason to hate Jessica Biel, and we talk about it on this week's Hot Topic. And then we let our thirsty flags fly when Steph tells the story of America's Prince, John F. Kennedy Jr. Vaccinate your kids and stay tuned. What up, fam? What up, fam? Feels good, right? Woo, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to M. Me too, man. And I'm glad I wrote it down because there's stuff that I forgot about. Like, did you see that little thing going viral about Ava Philippi's boyfriend looking just like Brian Philippi? Yes. Well, I disagree, though. I don't think they look alike. I don't either. I just think he's also a white boy. Yeah, exactly. And also, that's Ryan Philippi's slander because he's fine as fuck. He is, and that boy is not. <laughs> yes. And Ava's so cute. She looks just like Reese. We've know, talked about that before, how yeah. weird it is. And she just said, like, thank you or something yeah. to somebody, which I thought was cute. Yeah, that's real cute. Did you hear about Kylie Jenner's Handmaid's Tale party? Oh, yeah. You know, what's funny is, you know, that girl is, do you remember in Vegas, I came across some girl in like a jumpsuit and I sent it to you guys in the group chat. And I was like, look at this. It was like some, it's some blonde girl. Her body's banging Mm -hmm. and she's wearing like this lingerie jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. And I sent it in the group chat one morning when we were hungover. (laughs) Well, that's that. That's Kylie Jenner's friend, the one oh. that she like asked to fu- or she made that party for. The one that she replaced the other one with. <laughs> I don't think they're. Re- this one has been friends with her since high school. Also, okay. Oh, but, you mean yeah. since three minutes ago? Yeah, because oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just oh, yeah. graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That girl, huh? That's crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and they all wore the. <laughs> Honestly, like, I I don't know. I don't, I get that people are like, maybe she doesn't get the point of the show or. Yeah, but it was just like, uh, like, I didn't really think that was that bad. It's as like bad a, as everybody was making it seem. It's a joke between your friends. Yeah. You know? Like, it's a, it's an on theme party to watch the show. Like. Right. What's all the drama about? Relax. I just, I get why people don't think. Uh, someone made the, made the comparison like, oh, what if you and all your black friends had a slavery theme party or something. I mean, let's not compare. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because the women are like slaves in Handmaid's Tale, you know, but but that's a real thing that actually happened. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like there's a lot of the problem with it is that Handmaid's Tale is so like scarily on point. Yes. Sometimes that it feels very real. Right. But that actually hasn't happened. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Hopefully mm-hmm. never will happen. But I mean, we don't know. Right. But I think that's why people were real shook about it. But I think that you can, I think that you can deeply understand something. You can deeply understand that show and also be part of the fandom that is that show. Right. I think both of those things can happen at the same time. I think so too. You know, I don't uh, think she deeply understands uh, anything. But right. <laughs> exactly. I don't necessarily know enough about her to say like one way or another whether she does, but I'm saying those two things could happen. Like I'm I, I'm saying that if I wanted to have a handmaid's tail party, I would wear that shit. Yeah. And I would want you to wear I would want to be all <laughs> fucked up in that little red thing. And we'd be saying like under his eyes shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Praise B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. They really jumped down her throat, like, with the swiftness. Yeah, I'm glad to see she just ignored it. That's what all yeah, you can do. She, yeah, she's what the fuck. And also, 
how that was dope though that she went all out for her friend <laughs> i know and for the show really like yeah. that's cool you know people need to get more hyped about tv like that i know Hyder was asking me yesterday what shows are you watching i was like all of the shows big little lies big little lies yeah <gasps> when fucking meryl screamed me should we not talk about it because people maybe haven't watched it so on Keep It, they were talking about like spoilers for Big Little Lies because they were like, there's not necessarily spoilers, but if someone is like uh, fucking Laura Dern turned around and smiled slightly, that's a spoiler. I know. Yeah, because <laughs> so much of that show is like just the imagery. Yeah, yeah. Just like and, little oh, looks, people being sassy. and shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, well, spoiler alert, people were sassy and Meryl was Meryl on Big and Little Laura Lies. Dern was having a full-blown fucking photo shoot. In it, her house. Hell yes, it was gay rights. It, just in time for Pride, baby. <laughs> what was up with her husband? Yes. That was weird. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. Okay. Plot I, twist. I don't trust. I haven't trusted that full since season one. So. Yeah, he's sketchy. Yeah. And like, she's super powerful bitch and mm-hmm. he loves her. So. Yeah. You know. So. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Ooh. Exciting. Chris Pratt and the Schwarzenegger marriage. I just want to talk about how he low-key like... <laughs> He lo- he low key insulted his son because he said like this is the best day of my life. Oh, <laughs> what, about, what about when your son was born, my dude? <laughs> like, did you forget you have a son real quick or what the fuck? He's ready to start a new Christian family with his yeah, new I mean, very Christian. That shit's crazy, right? I was like, oh, are you allowed to say that as a parent? Like, <laughs> I like his son because I'm a sucker for babies that wear glasses. Yeah. Okay. So no, <laughs> I can uh, now. I'm concerned because I hear I can hear Luca snoring, snoring? Through, yeah. through my headphones. So I'm like, oh uh, shit, this is gonna be. It's bad. all right, baby. Wake up. Everybody know. Everybody, for those of you that don't know, we are dog mothers. <laughs> <laughs> One of our children is joining us on the podcast. You might hear him snoring. Oh Yeah. All right, Luca. You're not allowed to talk. Okay, though. All right, so <laughs> there is a there was a huge hot topic this week that I've been dying, but dying to talk to you about, and it has to do with Jessica Biel. Oh yeah, this shit's crazy. Okay, Jessica Biel, who I think you, I think I've talked about it here before. I do not like. Yeah, this is somebody <laughs> that May like really doesn't like, which is interesting <laughs> to me because. I don't know. Because there's I the, just don't think there's not enough about her for me to even yes, realize exactly. whether I like her or not. Exactly. And now all this hate that's been rumbling inside my body <laughs> has been justified. As a purpose. Finally. Finally. Okay. So this week, Jessica Beale came out as anti-vax. So, which is funny because that's what we were talking about last week. Vaccinate your kids. Vaccinate your ass. <laughs> So she came out as anti-vax because she was lobbying in Sacramento uh, for California to lessen the restrictions on people who can get exemptions for vaccinations for their children. Right. So Um, the internet dragged her. The internet went fucking crazy. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Well deserved. Did you see this tweet going viral that was like, I don't agree with Jessica Biel in terms of the vaccination position but i agree with every other medical recommendation she has made (laughs) (laughs) true true yes i'm just tired of these fucking 
celebrities and it's yes like opening their mouths to make things worse like i know like jessica biel literally my one thing has always been i don't know shit about you like you never talk about shit now you're gonna talk about this right are you fucking kidding me like listen and then so people were the small minority of people who were caping for her on twitter were like oh you know i can't believe this cancel culture i can't believe people are trying to cancel her for her beliefs like this isn't a belief there's yeah no, you know these are it, there are facts and everyone is agreement is in agreement on these facts and if this you is do, medicine right like, and you're actually putting other people at risk you're putting yes your own child at risk frankly yeah. so this isn't about belief people are getting hurt it's not we're not jumping down somebody's throat for their beliefs or jumping down somebody's throat for endangering lives yeah making the world less safe yeah and then she so, tried to walk it back so Jessica Biel went to her Instagram and she posted a picture of herself outside of the Capitol building in Sacramento. And she said, I am not against vaccinations. I support children getting vaccinations. And I also support families having the right to make educated medical decisions for their children alongside their physicians. They fucking love. They love to say that. Those anti-vax people. I know. Uh, My concern is solely regarding medical exemptions. My dearest friends have a child with a medical condition that warrants an exemption. And should this bill pass, it would greatly affect their family's ability to take care of their child. That's funny to me because it's so vague, right? Right. My friend. Yeah, it's it's super vague. That friend doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And also... The people who have needed medical exemptions have always been able to get them. This is yeah. a thing. If you if you are allergic to a certain vaccine, the government is not going to force you to get that vaccine. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, if you yeah. have some sort of uh, immune deficiency or autoimmune disease where you can't get vaccinated, no one's going to force you to do that. It doesn't make any sense. That's why everyone who's able to should get vaccinated so that you don't put those people who can't get vaccinated at 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 risk risk. yes exactly oh stupid ass jessica biel oh and this is like you know it's and you would think like oh she's just a celebrity like who cares what she thinks but we know this all started because of jenny mccarthy yes and her post has over two hundred fifty thousand likes (sighs) that's two hundred fifty thousand people who now are gonna be standing by this woman for no fucking reason whatsoever this Other than that, she's married to Justin Timberlake, who hasn't had a bop since 2012. <laughs> what, what bop was that? I don't know. Suit and tie? Suit and tie, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's crazy to me about this is that this is a thing. This is a problem with liberals. Yeah. Like, why is this an issue that has... I don't know. That has liberals... Has like, they've kind of pushed it on, right? Yeah. Which is, come on, guys. Like, we should know better. Yeah. You're supposed to be progressive. You're supposed to be pro-science you're supposed to do all these things and now you small i mean i realize it's a small percentage of us but it's enough it's enough to get it's enough for y'all to get the measles (laughs) (laughs) and also where has justin timberlake been i i have never i never see them together on on yeah. halloween maybe they well take- he's definitely not gonna be out with her now that she's all she, controversial don't you remember how he she got fucking- measles yeah <laughs> don't you remember how he dipped from janet's side after yeah. he exposed her titty and made her fucking controversial yeah and janet is a fucking icon yeah. jessica biel was on the cover of what gq in ni- 1999 <laughs> same year he had his boss <laughs> It was a good year for the Timberlakes. (laughs) Nobody had the measles. There was a single out and Jessica Biel was on the cover of GQ. 
I would like for both of them to go. I've never seen her in anything that I liked. Uh, I've never seen her in anything. <laughs> she was she was in the one the the movie that's not the uh what what is the one about the magicians with like Hugh Jackman and it's like a Christopher Nolan oh, movie. Oh right, with Zac Efron. Yeah. It's not that long ago, like two years ago? No, like a million years ago. Oh, okay. Never she mind. was in the one that's not that movie. Oh, okay. Whoops. <laughs> in the one that's exactly the same as that movie with like Edward Norton. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, God. The Prestige is one of them. I don't remember what the other one is. She needs to go away. Justin Timberlake needs to go away. Just go back to wherever you were where we didn't hear from you. Right. Uh, I'm go go back to, go back to working out because I I Why do I do respect your body though. Oh me too. Yeah, she's bomb. Yeah, dude. You know what's crazy is I never like think of her or anything. I saw a picture of her in People magazine and I posted it on our Instagram because she looked bomb. Oh really? <laughs> she was wearing like a leopard skirt and a black shirt and she looked great. And then like a few days later, she's uh, all fucking anti-vaccinate. Yeah, that's why we can't have nice things. Yep. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. God, why is there so much noise from my house today? <laughs> what the hell is going on? This is just going to be a noisy-ass episode because Luca's out here snoring in the mic. He's dancing in the video. <laughs> <laughs> All up in the video. <laughs> All on the record. All on the record. All right. The personal questions may find their way into it, so I thought maybe we could dispense with some of those. The answers to the most frequently asked personal questions are as follows. Yes, no, we're merely good friends, none of your business, honest, she's my cousin from Rhode Island. I've worn both, maybe someday, but not New Jersey. Thank you. Uh, let's introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, my name is Stephanie. And hi, my name is May, and together we are El Club de Drama. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast all about celebrity scandals, gossip, biographies, Twitter, vaccinations, <laughs> bops, <laughs> politics, non-bops. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Yes. I hope you guys are having a good Pride so far. I'm having a fantastic Pride because everywhere I go is like <laughs> Pride themed. Like I went, when I go work out, they're like Pride themed uh, spin classes and stuff and yeah. it's like it's all like madonna so i'm like yeah. yes queen yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah thank you for listening i saw that somebody asked us to do chicago <laughs> <laughs> so i was like we, we, we won't suspect you to that shit no, uh, not suspect you we won't subject <laughs> you to that shit <laughs> i won't suspect you to that shit <laughs> <laughs> but we could if we wanted to let's just leave it there yeah, we're not. We don't have to prove anything to y'all. <laughs> uh, so, Steph, I don't know what you're doing this week. No, you don't. All right, I'm pumped. Okay, I'm doing the story of John F. Kennedy Jr. <gasps> John John. Yeah, it's Ooh. a bop. Oh yeah, I've been having dreams about him. May eh? he is dreamy, literally. He, he is so everything. He's I was everything. Just thinking about him because there was like. Some show that's gonna come up, come on about him, and I saw like the little commercial about him, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. All right. So for this piece, I watched the documentary "I Am JFK Jr." Oh, it's on. It's not on anything. I had to buy it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I had to rent it. Oh shit. All right. 
<laughs> I can't hear Luca so strong. <laughs> oh, you can hear Luca? Okay. A lot, on. yeah. Right. Luca, wake up. <laughs> All right. JFK Jr. John John was born on November 25th, 1960. Just two weeks after his papa, JFK Sr., was elected president. Wow. He was the first child ever born to a president-elect of the United States. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, well, like, during the presidency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fucking crazy. I can't believe that that hadn't happened before, but they're usually older older yeah. men. He's I just, still the youngest president, right? Or no? Maybe, Was Obama yeah. younger? Obama was kind of young, but I don't know if he was, like, but that But the girls were, younger. like, eight and nine. yeah. Right or like eight and ten. Oh, uh, that must have been nuts because people must have felt like that's like the limber baby, like that's our baby. Exactly. But you, I just realized that he was born 1960, which is like that's like when my dad was born. Oh. I always, for some reason, I always think of him as younger because oh, he's like say, you yeah. know captured in time. Yeah. JFK and Jackie had a daughter named Arabella who was born four years previously, who was born stillborn. Oh. He did have an older sister named Caroline who was born before her dad became president. Mm -hmm. And later, he had a younger brother named Patrick who died two days after giving birth. That's so fucking sad. I know. So Jackie had some problems uh, with child rearing. Yeah. John lived in the White House for the first three years of his life, which is fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I think it's like the perfect background to his life, like of immense privilege and expectations, right? Like, yeah. this is where he started yeah, Camelot. in the White House. Yeah. John Sr. had used Jackie's beauty and grace to his benefit because the public loved it and they loved her. Mm -hmm. And similarly, he kind of exploited John Jr. and Caroline stomping around the White House and the Oval Office for all the public to see because it just helped push his own ratings up. I love those pictures of them hanging out at the White House. Yes. It's so I cute. I know that It's so Americana, right? Yes. Yeah. There's this one photo that's like real famous of them under the desk in the oval office yes that's the cutest there's this really funny thing that happens later on when clinton is president and they're trying to figure out what to do after the lewinsky scandal mm -hmm. uh john jr sends a letter to president clinton and says like hey man i used to play under that desk there's barely enough room for one person <laughs> <laughs> and like clinton talks about it. it's so cool oh man Anyways, okay, so so meanwhile, so JFK was, he was like, you know, he loved parading his perfect little family around because mm -hmm. the Americans loved it. And meanwhile, he was all about the looks. Exactly. Meanwhile, Jackie made sure everybody looked perfect. Mm -hmm. And John Jr. said he was always trained in grace by his mother. Wow. So John Jr. and Caroline really became like you, what you were saying, America's children. Mm-hmm. Because we hadn't seen young children like that in the White House before. Yeah. His father, JFK, was assassinated on November 22nd, 1963, which we will get into in another episode. Mm -hmm. And the funeral was held three days later on JFK Jr.'s third birthday. Oh, my God. The image of tiny baby John stepping forward and saluting his father's flag-draped casket has become this iconic still frame of the 1960s. That, like... It that's crazy because, you know, we weren't even close to being around back then. And I feel no. like that's in that's like ingrained in that, my mind. That little snippet. of yeah. Yes. I know. Where like Jackie I could totally like pushes him. Yes. Jackie with the, the black veil over mm -hmm. her face. And like she pushes him out there like oh, mm -hmm. Jackie's a fucking boss, dude. Yeah, she, she is. Ooh. 
she's a super boss, super smart woman. Yeah. Definitely like a really smart tactical first lady like and and perfect in the way that like still played off that housewife yep. vibe she that knew everybody what she wanted. had to do fuck yeah she was yeah. so smart actually just watched the movie jfk for the first time uh-huh. i never seen it that's my favorite episode of seinfeld where they do like the spitting and like uh, back into the left back into the left so i was like all right i'm gonna watch jfk and i saw it for the first time and in that movie they showed the the footage this abruder footage over and over and over and over again uh-huh. I mean, everybody has seen the footage of the Kennedy assassination, but like to see it so many times and like zooming in and like you you see Jackie react and it's the most horrifying. It's so scary when she tries to climb on the car and stuff. Uh, it's oh. yeah, yeah. It's oh, and you think like one one inch to the left, it could have been her or oh, you yeah. know or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh god, it's crazy. I just I have so much respect for her. Me too. After his father's assassination, Jackie Kennedy moved her family to an apartment on the Upper East Side of Manhattan where John Jr. grew up for a little bit while he was still a toddler. He was only three. Mm -hmm. She was always involved in John and Caroline's life and she was a super involved mother. And after she had gone through the very public loss of her husband, the president, Mm -hmm. everybody embraced her and watched the children, like watched over them as if they were still theirs. So the, the media is kind of forever around Jackie and John John and Caroline. Bobby Kennedy at this time stepped in to help and take care for the kids after uh, JFK had died. Mm -hmm. Then in 1967, when they, when he was seven, Jackie, (laughs) (laughs) Jackie took them on a six week journey to Ireland. So, so he's getting cultured, you know, (laughs) yup, yup. Give me, give me some of that. Irish culture, culture. baby. (laughs) Spice it up. (laughs) Or blend it up. Uh, Then John's uncle, Robert Kennedy, was assassinated in 1968. And Jackie took John and Caroline outside of the United States for some time and didn't let people know where they were going to be. That's probably that was probably a good idea. Yeah, she was she was scared. She feared that whoever came after Robert was coming after her children as well, since Mm -hmm. they were Kennedy's. Mm-hmm. And her husband had been assassinated, you know? Like, yeah. She's like, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. John and Caroline went through a lot of grief following the loss of Bobby. And friends actually say that it's almost like they lost their dad all over again because he was the one that stepped in when their dad had left. Yeah. Jackie ended up remarrying that year to Greek shipping tycoon Aristotle Onassis. Yes, girl. <laughs> yes. Damn, f- I, you know, like I always think about, like, all right, who's who is Angelina Jolie gonna marry next? Like, how do you do better than like Brad Pitt? And right. then I, I always think about Jackie, like, damn, oh like, yeah, girl, she really or like, like- <laughs> Betty Draper, like who went from Dawn to Yep, that's yeah, what, like, that's how you, you got to do it. Did good for yourself twice, girl. Yep. Uh, the family then moved to Aristotle's private island, Scorpios, oh. Scorpio? and a lot of people, Scorpios. Oh, Scorpios. So Aristotle was obviously super duper duper wealthy to a level that none of us will ever achieve. (laughs) But also he had a team of like over 70 security guards. So a lot of people say that Jackie did love him, but also she felt very, very safe with him. Yeah. And she felt like her kids were safe with him. And I'm sure that was part of the package. I'm sure he was like, I will make sure that you and your kids are safe. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Friends also say that John Jr. did not get along with Aristotle and he never, ever stopped referring to him as Mr. Onassis. Well, 
John is probably so at this point, John's like 10, right? Mm-hmm. And he's as close to royalty and like a prince like we're ever going to get in the United States. Mm-hmm. On the documentary, I heard someone say that John was the heir to ask not what you can do for your country, which is such an you know iconic yeah. thing. And he's always going to be put in that position where they want to see him become president or like we wanted to see him become president. Right. Imagine the pressure. Oh, yeah. So he would do interviews even when he's this young and get questioned about being a junior and about living up to his father's legacy and stuff like that. And he would always just say he would always give the perfect answer. He'd be like, it's complicated, but I live a very rich life. Okay, so his... uh, Big quote at this time was people say that I can be a great man, but I'm more interested in being a good man. Interesting. This is all Jackie. Oh, yeah. This is the guy that Jackie has fucking raised. Yeah. Okay. So in 1971, Jackie, John and Caroline went to the White House for a tour. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time the family was returning since the assassination of their father. So who's president right now? Nixon or Nixon. Okay. Yeah. Nixon's daughters gave John a tour of the White House, including a tour of his old bedroom. Oh, I know that's cute, right? Yeah. Then Aristotle Onassis passed away and he left the kids $25 million. (laughs) What? Each or or both? I don't know. I'm not sure. And there was actually a little bit of a lawsuit because I think that his will had left them less, but Jackie fought for them to get more. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't have kids of his own? I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't I didn't look into Aristotle too much. Uh-huh. All right. So John then moved back to Manhattan where he grew up super comfy, mm-hmm. attending only the best private schools. He went to the Phillips Academy in Massachusetts for a little bit, and after graduating, he traveled through Africa with his mom. Uh-huh. He helped rescue a group who had gotten lost for two days while trekking, and like this was all over the media. Like, oh fuck, yeah. he's a great leader. Uh, you of know? course he did. Yeah. He was still under the eye of the media. He was always in the spotlight. He was super loved by the public. And this only got bigger the older and handsomer he was becoming. Mm-hmm. And and boy, would he become handsomer. Oh, God. <laughs> in 1976, John went to Guatemala hey. to visit an earthquake visit disaster zone. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't born. <laughs> and to help build... Uh, rebuild buildings and and to help with food distribution. The local priests said that he dressed in the clothes provided by the locals as gifts. He slept in the tents like everybody else and he ate the same food as everybody else. Oh, you know, he was eating good. Arroz y frijoles, tamales. Hell yeah. On his 16th birthday, JFK Jr.'s Secret Service protection ended and this caused a lot of stress for Jackie. He moved to Wyoming for a little bit and spent a summer working as a wrangler with one of her close friends, I guess. Like Kanye. Yeah. (laughs) No. No. Then in 1979, when he was 19, the JFK Presidential Library and Museum was dedicated and he attended and made his first major speech to the public. John then started at Brown University where he majored in American Studies. And this was pretty big, big news since Brown was one of the only universities did, that didn't have like a fucking Kennedy library. or whatever. Yeah. Why didn't he go to Harvard? I don't know. It was like kind of like him. I think he always wanted to like separate himself from the shit that he couldn't get away from. Right. He briefly dated Brooke Shields while he was at Brown. Oh, I, 
I love his dating history. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. He co-founded a discussion group that focused on contemporary issues, which still exist to this day. Oh. And he arranged for UN Ambassador Andrew Young to come speak to everybody about apartheid. Damn. So he's got pull and he's got power. Yeah. and Big man on campus. Yeah. Ooh, imagine going he- to a party on campus and John John was there. No, man. Oh, God. Let me just take off my he- pants now. <laughs> <laughs> John is coming. Nobody wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> he then moved off campus to live with friends in a shared house while a junior his roommates say that he loved to argue he loved to talk politics and he would never back down from a fight he joined the phi psi fraternity and while studying at brown he met fellow fellow what classmate sally monroe mm-hmm. and they dated for six years oh shit so it was a really serious relationship damn i wonder so he breaks up with Brooke Shields. How, imagine that's like... Him and Brooke Shields dated for like, it was nothing. Oh, okay. And a lot of his friends talk about that on the documentary. And they're like, you know, he was linked to a bunch of people, which I'll get into like right now, basically. Because like after Sally, he's linked to Cindy Crawford. Mm-hmm. And he's linked to Sarah Jessica Parker and Madonna even. Mm-hmm. And people are... His homegirls and like his roommates from college are like... Yeah, he had like a night with Madonna, mm-hmm. but you know, that shit was everywhere. Yeah. And same kind of thing. Like he barely dated Sarah Jessica Parker, but that was like all over I the place. I kind of thought they were together together. N- like they were, but not really. Like maybe like a month yeah. or two, you okay. know? When compared to like his other like real relationships. Yeah, like Sally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So him and Sally dated for six years. And when they dated, they went on a super publicized trip to India together where everybody thought maybe they're going to get engaged, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And... He famously met with Mother Teresa and, like, the public loved that shit. Yeah. Yeah. That same year, he graduated with a bachelor's degree in American studies. So by now, he's been famous his whole ass life, but now he's grown, he's educated, and he's sexy. Yes. This is where where if we had the rights to the song, we would be playing Salt and Peppa, What a Man. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Yeah. Have you seen those uh, memes of uh, Keanu? Keanu. Yeah. yeah. Walking in Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. I saved the one to <laughs> Salt and Pepper, which low key, I love Keanu, but I'm kind of annoyed at the internet being so far up his ass. Like, relax. I feel like it happens in waves. Like, every few years, we yeah. get some Keanu love. Yeah, but it's like so like it's that's how low the standards are in Hollywood. Like yeah. this dude is half spicy. Right. And he's and he's fucking polite. And so we're like, oh, my God, he's gone. Just quiet. You know, not, know. not even out here being like, you I know. know. Yeah. And he seems to hate it every time I see in interviews like people bring it up. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Damn. If we had babies, our our babies would be like three quarters spicy. Oh, don't have babies with Keanu. I'll stop being your friend if you. <laughs> you get this podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about John, so John is like he's the sexiest guy. I'm telling you guys, I had dreams about him. I've been looking at so many pictures about him. I've been having dreams about him. But the thing is that he's just so good at being in front of like the camera and at talking to people. Mm-hmm. He's so humble. He's classy. He's poised. He's charismatic. He is Jackie O's son. Yep. Like, he's so fucking, like, perfect almost. This is what he has been raised to do from the time he came out the motherfucking womb. 
and he does it so yes, well. Yes. And on top of that, he's fine. Yes. Like he could have been ugly and he still would have been got attractive. That beautiful ass head of hair too. Oh, that hair is perfect. That's the kind of hair that Seinfeld wished yes. he had. Do you remember that yeah. episode of Seinfeld where where, yes, <laughs> where Elaine thinks? <laughs> yes, man. I've totally been thinking about that shit. <laughs> and she like almost kills somebody, right? Because yes. she's like, he has to die. So then after he graduated Brown, he got to work. He started working at the New York Office of Business Development where he was earning $20,000 a year. And I want to point out just briefly that people always comment about how like he's so humble. Mm -hmm. Like he makes this little bit of money and and he works in the same environment as everyone else. Like like they're always praising him for like slumming it with the rest of Mm -hmm. society. (laughs) Yeah. But meanwhile, he's got 25 million in the bank. I know, right? Yeah. Like, relax, guys. And 25 bitches in his hot tub or whatever, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rick Shields and Madonna and Sarah Jessica Parker in the hot tub for just a night. Ready, <laughs> ready, ready, waiting with their pants off, <laughs> waiting for his call. <laughs> yeah, you slumming it, my dude. Yeah, real tough out here for JFK Jr. In 1988, John addressed the Democratic National Convention, introducing his uncle Ted Kennedy. Mm. He invoked his dad's inaugural address, calling for a generation of public service, and he received a two-minute standing ovation. Wow. He was very well-spoken. His smile was like fucking, it's like a cartoon, like yeah. fucking diamonds are coming out of his <laughs> mouth and shit. He's so perfect. Everybody was like, you know, always expecting him to go into politics. So when he did this, it revved everybody mm-hmm. up with hope that he was going to start, you know, some sort of political campaign. Right. Then he gave an interview with Oprah and she straight up asked him, are you going to enter politics? Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, there's a great weight of expectation because of my name and because of who I am. But part of me really wants to do something different and that he was going to do something different. So it was clear that he wasn't going to try to do anything political, at least not now, Mm -hmm. not yet. And he wasn't going to give into the pressure. He seemed to be kind of like paving his own path with his life his life seems so fucking cool to me like especially image of him around new york that's another thing like there's something about him being a new yorker that is so fucking dope because he's at a new yorker like in the 80s and 90s when it was still kind of tough and shit right so you'll see him like riding his bike around going skydiving and shit eating at the best restaurants and then giving an interview at cnn like it's all normal running shirtless through central park like like he's just so cool he's He's got a football in one hand and a cap on backwards it's like he was a new yorker and i mean new york is kind of still like this to some extent where he's just like oh he's right there like oh there's there's sean john exactly yeah so that same year, in 1988, he met actress Daryl Hannah oh. at the wedding of his aunt Lee Radzwill. Mm-hmm. How do you say her last name? I don't know. Name? I don't know her name. Um, Daryl Hannah actually, was a bad bitch, dude. I seen Daryl Hannah on Rodeo Drive one time. <gasps> she had a '66 Mustang, like me and uh-huh. you. It was all black, chromed out, and she had locked herself out. And she had bags from like Bloomingdale's or some shit, and she had to like throw them on the floor. I was with my tia Pati and. I, at the time, I think I was probably like 13. Yeah. And I, and my tia Pati was like, oh, that's Daryl Hannah. And I was like, who? And she was like, that's JFK Drew's ex. <laughs> like, that's how she described her to me. Damn. Dude. But then I remembered um, Splash. Mermaid, right? Splash. Splash yeah. yeah. So I just watched Splash again, like, last week. It's so fucking good. It's so cheesy. But yeah. so if you if that would have happened today, she would have been like, fuck it, photo shoot. Selfies with yeah. all the bags yeah. on top of the car, waiting for somebody to come bring her the key. Yeah. No. But she was, oh, she was. 
I mean, gorgeous yeah. then, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had known each other growing up because their families kind of had houses close by oh. or some shit like that. But I guess they really got to know each other at this wedding. Mm -hmm. Oh. And then they began dating and they ended up dating for five and a half years. And it was another super serious relationship for him. Yeah. But Daryl says that their relationship was always complicated because of her acting, like her profession, mm -hmm. and the way that kind of worked with his image and, you know, the brand and everything. Yeah, sure. And also because she had lingering feelings for her ex, singer Jackson Brown. Yeah. Who she had lived with. And I'm like, girl, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Isn't she? Yeah. It, who is she with right now? I have no uh, idea. Look at uh, Yeah, because it's, it's crazy. Really? Yeah, hold on. Daryl. She just got in. Oh, yeah. She just married Neil Young. What? Yeah, she just married. How old is Neil Young? He's 73. She married Neil Young last year, year of our Lord, 2018. <laughs> what the fuck, May? That's weird. Yeah, I know. Okay. So then in 1989, John was head of a nonprofit group called Reaching Up which provided educational opportunities for workers and people with disabilities. Oh. He also started taking flying lessons around this time, and it was something he really enjoyed and got into. Mm. The same year, he was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, which all of John's friends say he absolutely fucking hated. I bet. He fucking hated it. Everybody would like everybody who was close to him would like make fun of him yeah. about it. And it was like so in direct contrast to what he wanted to be and what he sure. wanted to portray himself as. Yeah. So And also yeah. it, it's it's not just that, but it's also that he doesn't I'm sure some guys would be like use it as their calling card, like, oh hey, it's me. Yeah, Sexiest of course. Man but he doesn't need he that. doesn't need that shit. <laughs> You know, yeah. so it just like even if it wasn't in if even if it wasn't like kind of an obstacle to achieving those things that he wanted to to achieve, it would still be sort of like a pain in the ass. Like, ugh. yeah, but hey, man, can we blame People Magazine? Where's the lie? <laughs> that, I mean, it, it had to true, be though. him. It had to be him. In 1989, John earned his law degree from New York University School of Law. And this was one of the things he did where I definitely think was from giving into like the pressure mm -hmm. i think from like his mom and everybody else because everybody's saying and believes that he's destined for politics and they're giving him a space especially jackie everybody says that jackie was super supportive of him not wanting to go into politics yeah. and wanting to do his own thing but i still think that it was just kind of like dude just just go to law school just in case you know like but it's also that he also has the benefit and the name recognition of he has like the safety net that he could do it at any time he could do it at 30 years old he could do it at 50 years old he could do it yeah exactly whatever so it really yeah you know there was no just get the school yeah, out of the way yeah yeah so he started studying for the bar exam right after he graduated but he failed it twice mm -hmm. the press hounded him when he failed and he had to make a statement to the press which i think is fucking horrible i can't imagine mm -hmm. what that would feel like mm -hmm. Also, I don't want to insta flex, but hey, I passed the bar exam. I'm on the first hey. fucking time. Sorry, JFK Jr. Steph FK Jr. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> uh, so he finally and passed California on the third bar, try because right? it's it's harder. Yeah, hell yeah, it's harder. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's why you my friend. <laughs> All right, so he finally passed on the third time which was great because he wanted to be a DA for a little bit. And I guess the Manhattan DA requires that you 
pass within the first three tries. Oh, I don't. Mm, oh, well, more power to him, but I don't know that this is a good idea. To work for the DA? As JFK Jr. And I, I don't, I'm sure he wasn't like, you know, it's just like, it's just a flex for them. Yeah. For the DA, I mean. Right. You know, he was probably like, you know, filing petitions. Yeah. <laughs> like easy ass petitions. <laughs> but yeah, what judge is going to be like, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. In 1992, while he was still dating Daryl Hannah, John met Carolyn Bissett. Mm-hmm. I would like heart emojis and like, oh man, she's a fucking angel. Yeah, she's. Uh, he bought a suit from her. I'm still, uh, I'm still Team Daryl Hannah at this point, but. <laughs> oh no, fuck Daryl Hannah. <laughs> no, I love Carolyn Bissett. He bought a suit from her. Um, Carolyn, for those who don't know what she looks like, which I will post hella pictures mm-hmm. of her, but she's kind of like waspy upper east side new yorker that i yeah, think for sure i think like maybe most women especially women i know have that inside of them like to be that poison and fashionable and classy in like a demure way sometimes mm-hmm. but carolyn is that like all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was born some background on her mm-hmm. now she was born in 1966 in new york and her parents divorced when she was super young and then her mom married an orthopedic surgeon and they moved to Greenwich, Connecticut, where she grew up. She was raised Catholic and attested, attended Boston University, where she earned a degree in elementary education. Hmm. Uh, she briefly attempted a modeling career, which didn't work out for her. So she became a saleswoman at the Massachusetts Chestnut Hill Mall for Calvin Klein. Oh. Now listen to this come up. Okay. She was super successful as a saleswoman. She was their top saleswoman. Wow. And traveling sales coordinator for Calvin Klein, Susan Sokol, heard about her. And Susan was so impressed with Carolyn's grace and style that she recommended her for an official position with Calvin Klein's high-profile clientele. Carolyn then worked her way all the way up Calvin Klein to director of publicity for the flagship store in Manhattan. Hey. And then dr- director of show productions, earning a six-figure salary in the 1990s, which is fucking That's great. That's fucking badass. She fucking worked her way up Calvin yeah. Klein. Oh my That's God. awesome, huh? Imagine just falling into like something that you were like born to do like that. Like, cause it seems yeah. like she wasn't even, she went to school for teaching. No. Like she, yeah. she went to model and then like. But she was just so good yeah. at it. And she was so like just the perfect person for that role. Right. And Carolyn's style is like, it's perfect that she worked at Calvin Klein cause she's yeah. very minimalist. Right. Chic. It's very and- 90s Calvin Klein, which was like yes. about as chic the best. as it could get, you know, at the time. Yes. And that became, that minimalist fashion sense was super in, like me was saying. Meanwhile, John began working at the New York Street Development Corporation and was negotiating with developers and city agencies for different shit around town. Mm -hmm. He then worked as a summer associate at an L.A. law firm with strong connections to the Democratic Party. So he got the political rumors buzzing around again. Mm -hmm. He worked for an attorney, Charlie Mannett, who was Ted Kennedy's law school roommate for a little bit. Then, in 1993, John's mom, Jackie, was thrown off her horse and went to the hospital to get checked out. While at the hospital, they found a swollen lymph node, which turned out to be non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She began chemotherapy with John Jr. and Caroline, her daughter, not his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. by her side. She publicly announced the diagnosis and the cancer had spread quickly to her brain. So then she went home to New York and on May 19th, 1994, she died in her sleep at age 64. John went out to the street and announced his mother's death to the press while holding 
all of his emotions in. It's really sad and yeah. awful footage. Mm. He grieves super hard for the loss of his mother and he did so with everybody else because so did America. Yeah. Like an icon. Every Yes, is gone. Yeah. It's like the end of an era. Yeah, for sure. So it was definitely a sensitive time in his life and like everything else, a very public thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this really awful footage because once Jackie came back to New York, the press was pretty much parked outside of their apartment. Yeah. And there's this awful footage of him trying to walk outside to with a football like he wants to go throw a ball for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And his friends in the documentary are saying like, he just needed to take a break. Like he literally just needed to get out of the apartment for a little bit because his mom was dying yeah. and he just needed some time for his own mental health. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as he walks outside, the press is like fucking surrounding him and they like knock him over at one point. Oh my God. And his friends are like, John, do you want to go back inside? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, no, I really need to be outside for a little bit. Yeah. And so then one of his friends turns and screams at the press. It's his mother. Like it's oh, his fucking God. mom. Yeah. And it's so sad. Like, he just dealt with it his whole life. And this is like the, the the worst, most likely the worst time in your whole ass life. Oh, yeah. And, and dealing with someone dying slowly like that is like. Awful. Yeah. And on top of everything, you can't grieve the way you need to grieve because everybody's watching and everybody watching wants you. a piece of you and everyone's judging you. And it's just like, it's, yeah. it's horrible. It's this extra layer of horribleness. Yeah. So then in 1994, his mom has passed and uh, he participates in his cousin Patrick's campaign for a seat in the Rhode Island House of Representatives. Mm. So he visited the district. He sat outside the polling booths. He had his picture taken with voters. And that worked so well for Patrick's campaign that Patrick used the same ploy again in his next campaign. (laughs) (laughs) And by this time, John and Daryl are broken up. They're officially broken up. And he has officially begun dating Carolyn Bissett. They were a popular media and paparazzi target. They were all over the two of them. Mm-hmm. Everything they did, everything they ate, everything they wore, everywhere they went was heavily publicized. Everybody around John says that he was immediately smitten with her as soon as he met her. People describe her as super friendly, kind of quirky, sweet, and artistic. Uh that she was like the kind of girl that was sarcastic without being mean. She would engage with everybody she met and she was really humble and down to earth. Mm-hmm. The magazines, like I said, were documenting everything about them, you know, like coming up with, oh, they had this fucking argument because of this one picture that we took at this angle. Yeah. You I know? so it's, I do. I remember that. I remember being little and going to the supermarket and seeing that on the cover of the tabloids or something. And it'll be yeah. like Carolyn and John in a big fight or whatever. Uh Uh-huh, like walking home from fucking Versace's house or whatever. Yeah. They officially moved in together in 1995, and from then on, photographers would camp outside of their Tribeca apartment to catch any glimpse of the two of them. John and Carolyn became engaged shortly after, but nobody knew about it. It was a super secret from everybody. Mm. Every time... The press would question John about an engagement or anything like that. He would say, no, no, no. He would deny it. He said, you know, they're still just dating. But after a one-year engagement on September 21st, 1996, John and Carolyn were married by candlelight on the remote island of Cumberland at a teeny tiny little church. Where is Cumberland? Georgia. Oh, interesting. I know. Carolyn wore a dress by a little-known designer at the time, Narciso Rodriguez. 
and he fucking blew up after that. Yeah. It's this beautiful, simple, long silk gown. Mm-hmm. And she just looks fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. John's older sister, Caroline, was the matron of honor. And their guests were invited to what they thought was just going to be a party hosted by the couple. Mm-hmm. So everybody was surprised when they got there. The wedding was revealed the next day by his cousin, Patrick Kennedy. And John only confirmed it when the press asked him if he had enjoyed his honeymoon. And he answered very much. They released one picture and that was that. Mm -hmm. Friends and family say that John really wanted his marriage to work. He was obviously in love with Caroline and everything. But he was really committed to having a real marriage and a real family of his own. Yeah. And it was super important to him, I think, because he had lost both of his parents, obviously, mm-hmm. and because of the upbringing that Jackie had probably cemented in his brain. Right. And because, you know, you especially he grew up in like the shadow of the of the marriage between his parents, which people right. started to scrutinize like, oh, he had all these mistresses and she was unhappy. And it's like it, I think it's natural to want the opposite of that. Right. Totally. So after they got married, the public interest in their relationship only intensified because John was like our prince, mm-hmm. right? So now it's like, who are you? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Carolyn, mm-hmm. like, who is this woman that's the one now, right. like, supposed to be our princess? Mm-hmm. And she would tell her friends that it was very difficult to deal with the constant harassment. She was pretty much dumped into the deep end of celebrity from here on out. And she had been a private citizen her whole life. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing: so, it could, I could never marry into a family like that. Fuck no! I would, I, I would be a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine pictures of me? That <laughs> should be crazy. With an elote in your hand. <laughs> when they came back from their honeymoon, there was a massive reporter sitting on their doorstep, and John eventually had a press conference and talked to them and he said please give carolyn some space to adjust to married life she's a private citizen she's never dealt with this like i have Mm -hmm. and so everybody thought that was pretty a big deal you Mm -hmm. know like if he's actually speaking out like this is probably getting pretty bad but that never ever happened and she was really stressed by being permanently on show and on display she wasn't used to this kind of attention and she wasn't prepared for the cruelty and the backlash mm. since he was supposed to be this sexy, eligible bachelor forever, yeah. basically. When the paparazzi would cross the line, John would step in and he would defend her. She would complain to her friends that she could only avoid taking having her picture taken if she left her apartment before seven in the morning. And she was stressed about not being able to find a job without people thinking that it was her exploiting her new fame. Oh, so she left Calvin Klein? She left Calvin Klein, yeah. And in the beginning, she would just basically try not to leave the apartment, which is obviously bad, very, very bad. Yeah. She turned down every request for an interview. She refused to be in any fashion magazines. And slowly she started just involving herself with charity work. That's and what that I was going to say. Kind of like fulfilling all, for her. All you can do at that point is maybe just start doing charity. Do the Princess Diana and just like find yeah. your cause and just let that be your life. Yeah. And that's you'll find great fulfillment. Yeah, you know? for sure. Maybe it's not what you thought your life was going right. to be, but 
that must be wonderful. And especially, it seems like given her talent for like sales and stuff, that's actually something that was very useful in that world to make connections between big donors and you yeah, know, pulling in money that way. It seems like she would be great at that. Yeah, totally. So back a little bit, backing it up. In 1992, John had worked as a journalist with the New York Times briefly. And he really, really liked it. So he considered creating a magazine of his own. It was kind of something that he had always talked about. But for the longest time, people thought it was too risky. Mm -hmm. So throughout this time, another thing he was into was acting a little bit. Oh. He had done a few plays while he was at Brown. And there's these really cute pictures of him in like uh, costume and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was kind of interested in this as a career. But his mom had strongly disapproved. Um. But he was in like an episode of Murphy Brown where he plays a fictionalized version of himself, which I think really? is cute. Yeah, he visits Brown in her office to promote a magazine that he's publishing. Oh, okay. Oh, synergy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so then finally in 1995, John and his friend Michael Berman founded George, a glossy political fashion lifestyle magazine. So the first issue of George is iconic. Yes. You got to look it up if you if you've never seen it. Well, I think let's post a picture of that because it's awesome. Okay, for sure. So JFK Jr. controlled 50% of the shares of George magazine. At the news conference announcing the launch of the magazine, he joked that he hadn't seen so many reporters since he had failed his first bar exam. (laughs) And John thought that George was going to be it for him. Like he thought that this was going to be his success and he was going to finally make a name for himself, so to speak. Right. Kind of like continuing the political legacy, but in his own unique way. Because he really hadn't done anything since, Mm -hmm. like, up until this point, you know? Like, he had done a lot of little things. And he's, what, in his late 30s at this point? Mid to late 30s? Yeah, he's like 36, Mm -hmm. 35. So John would write his own column and interview in every issue of the magazine, He wanted to make politics accessible by covering it in an entertaining way, mixing politics and pop culture. Mm -hmm. And the first issue, like May said, is super iconic. Cindy Crawford is posing as George Washington. It was low-key controversial a little bit. It was? A little bit. Like, people were like, why are you dressing her up like this? Uh, I don't know. But it's like, it's peak, it's Cindy at peak Cindy. Imagine, yeah. And looking like a sexy George Washington. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Um... Robert De Niro is in the documentary and he talks, he lived in the same apartment building as him. Mm. And he talks about like, I remember John calling me and asking me to be on one of the early issues. Like he was like, I might maybe the next cover mm-hmm. dressed as George Washington. And he was like, you know, like the thing with John was this was going to be an overnight success because everybody would do anything for him. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. So all he had to do was call Cindy Crawford. Right. And she was going to do it. All he had to do was ask Robert. And Robert was like, yeah, I'll help any way I can, you know? So it was. It was an overnight success. He had crazy advertisers. The first issue of the magazine, everybody says, is like Vogue's whatever. What is the October issue? What issue? September. Is November? September. September? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say every fucking month. <laughs> um, so but De Niro, it was like. The De Niro issue is dope. Yeah, that should look sick. Um, so John was super hands-on. He was loving it. It was like doing really well, but within two years, it became, you know, less and less so Mm -hmm. successful. John and his partner, Michael, were in a huge power struggle with allegedly led to screaming matches in the office, door slams, and even one confirmed physical fight between the two of them. Whoa. 
Michael ended up selling all of his shares of the company and John took over all of his responsibilities as well. Mm -hmm. Before Michael dropped out, though, the magazine was dropping in popularity. Like after the buzz had died down, it was dropping and dropping. Um, and then the mess after Michael's departure just flowed with a rapid sales drop. Yeah. So it wasn't doing well. That at all. industry is hard to to break into. It fuck yeah. It's kind of like a, like a restaurants. I think like most of them fail, sort of thing. Right. But if it was gonna be anybody that succeeds, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it have been JFK Jr.? Yeah. Some partners in George Magazine said that John refused to take risks as an editor, even though he was like risky in other areas of his life. Mm -hmm. He knew that their demographic was like whatever 20 to 35 or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. but he would turn down interviews for people that would appeal to that age group um i guess there was a big fight when he turned down princess diana's interview oh wh why exactly and john Gotti jr which again why yeah okay yeah he mostly wanted to interview politicians like former politicians fucking fossils like you know right because that was interesting to him mm -hmm. But anyways, he also also he let Ann Coulter write for him. How do you say her last name? Coulter. Coulter. Yeah. So he liked putting hella right wing people on display just as much as the Democrats he supported. Yeah. And that caused some problems and some backlash. It's a uh, people love to to be, try to be fair, you know, try yeah. to be fair and balanced. But like, guess what? No, some of these people don't need a platform. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, John was still in the spotlight and he was getting invited with Caroline to hella dinners at the White House. And then Bill Clinton invited them to take a tour in 1998. And that was super publicized. There were a lot of rumors that John and Caroline were going through tough times, allegedly because she was refusing to start a family and she didn't like all the time he was spending on the magazine. And obviously, she didn't like all the backlash from the media from her relationship with John. Sure. Um, Vanity Fair has this article where they say that Carolyn was doing cocaine and that she was super, super paranoid. Huh. And that the media attention only made it worse. Wow. And also, Edward Klein, who is a really famous celebrity gossip writer. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book about the Kennedys and he also says that Carolyn was a cocaine user and that this caused problems in their relationship. Sort of not surprised. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's off brand. But then if you really think about it, is it? It's not off brand because it's like this rich elite sort of uh, level of white person who's allowed to, right. you know, it's a party drug. And then it's like you do it in the daytime and then, you know. Right. Um. So I don't know. There was also always infidelity rumors with John, but that never really seemed to like those rumors were more like just trashy magazines. Yeah. It was never really anything I saw like concrete. And even Edward Klein and Vanity Fair, nobody ever says that he was ever actually cheating on her. And I mean, I, I mean, you don't know for sure, but a lot of it could be women just always trying to get close to him. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, who the fuck would? Right. <laughs> he, like, he, he doesn't necessarily have to do anything, but a lot of things could look bad. Uh-huh, absolutely. You know? So then in 1998, John officially received his pilot's license. Mm -hmm. On July 16th, 1999, John, along with his wife, Carolyn, and her sister, Lauren, 
departed New Jersey to attend the wedding of his cousin Rory Kennedy in Massachusetts. John was piloting the Piper Saratoga light aircraft and they were going to drop off Lauren in Martha's Vineyard and then head to Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. They had purchased the plane three months earlier. John had checked in with the control tower at Martha's Vineyard Airport before they departed at 8.38 p.m. They were originally set to take off at 6 p.m., but Lauren got held up at work and then they hit traffic getting to the airport. Mm -hmm. So it would have been a little earlier in the day, a little, little brighter. Kennedy never received a weather briefing or filed a flight pass, although he wasn't required to because it was such a short flight. I see. But this all later becomes very important. Mm -hmm. Their plane later failed to arrive at Martha's Vineyards, Vineyards Airport and the airport contacted the Federal Aviation Administration in Connecticut to let them know what was going on. Mm -hmm. At 2.15 a.m. on July 17th, the Kennedys reported to the local Coast Guard that the plane had not arrived. At 4 o'clock a.m., the Coast Guard began a search and rescue, but they were not optimistic after immediately finding several pieces of debris from the plane. There was hope, like, and all of, all of his friends say that when everybody was notified they were like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean the plane didn't land? Yeah. Like, they've got to be out there mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. John and and especially now John and Carolyn, they were like larger than life. Mm-hmm. So everybody thought like, we'll find them. Right. It doesn't it doesn't cross your mind that something this horrible could happen. Of course not. President Bill Clinton then spoke with Caroline Kennedy, his sister, mm-hmm and Ted Kennedy to let them know that he was thinking about them and that he would help do everything that they could and that they were also praying for them. President Clinton then ordered U.S. Navy warships to assist in the search for the plane, which was super controversial, actually, because no other citizen would have received similar treatment, so the public kind of did an outcry. Mm -hmm. And Clinton quickly nipped that shit in the bud. He was like, you know what? This family has suffered much, and they've given more, so we're going to support them. I like that, but I me but too. but I get the I get the public just kind of you know questioning yeah, it. Me too. Yeah, me too. But still, if anybody, yeah, come on. yeah, true. On July nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine, fragments of the plane were located along with high resolution images of the ocean floor. Navy divers found parts of the plane strewn over one hundred and twenty nine feet below the surface, and seven point five miles west of Martha's Vineyard. Ugh. On the afternoon of July 21st, divers recovered the bodies of John F. Kennedy Jr., Carolyn Bassett, and Lauren Bassett. Kennedy was still strapped into his seat. The bodies were taken to the county medical examiner office, and autopsies found that all three of them had died upon impact. Do they know what happened? Yep. Okay. <laughs> the three bodies were cremated. There was an investigation about what went wrong on the flight, and the National Transportation Safety Board declared that the plane had obviously crashed into the Atlantic Ocean, with the most probable cause being that JFK Jr. failed to maintain control of the plane during a descent over water at night, which was a result of spatial disorientation. Oh. So there were some atmospheric conditions with which led to spatial disorientation, because it was kind of hazy. Yeah. Uh, and visibility would have been considered poor in his flight path. Mm-hmm. It was also night. Mm-hmm. Plus, 
He had only had his pilot's license for about a year, although he had received high-performance airplane endorsements two months before the crash. But this is kind of like the theme, like you're saying, like maybe he shouldn't work for the DA because who the fuck isn't going to give him high-performance endorsements? Yeah, exactly. Maybe he shouldn't become a pilot. Right. And also, Joseph Jr., his uncle, died in a plane crash. And also, Kathleen, his aunt, died in a plane crash. (laughs) So in the documentary, they show like a... Caroline really doesn't tries not to say much to the press. I think she just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, tries to like be really quiet. But but Caroline, I guess, had said that she like when he first started getting his pilot's license, his mom, Jackie mm-hmm. and her both were like, please don't do this. Like, please, please yeah. don't do this. Um, Before the crash, he had only had 55 hours of nighttime flight experience mm-hmm. with only nine of those hours being on this particular aircraft. Yeah. They also suggested another reason for the crash having been stress that he was under Uh from the decline in his magazine, which can obviously like outside stress can impair a pilot's performance in little subtle ways. Yeah, of course. It can impair anybody's performance. It could like if you're stressed, you're going to do worse on a test. You're going to not do well at work that day. You're going to lose your wallet that day. Like, you know, you're just your mind is. I thought you were going to say they were fighting. No, they were saying because the mat because at this point they had I think that he had basically come to terms with the fact that the magazine was done like uh, and this was something he had like, you know, he poured his whole life into and he was like, this is going to be this is going to be my what what my stamp on this earth, you know? Yeah, my legacy. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what they thought also affected his his um his flying. Mm hmm. And lastly, he had fractured his ankle six weeks before the crash in a paragliding accident, and his cast had only been removed one day before flight. Holy shit. John, at no point in the flight, requested help or declared an emergency, so it leads everybody to believe that it happened very, very quickly. Yeah, and it's the spatial awareness problem that Mm -hmm. he didn't realize probably until like... It's going down. Yeah. Oh, shit. No one knew his exact route also since he hadn't filed a flight plan. But like I said, he ha- he wasn't required to. But these little things all led to the obvious disaster. Mm-hmm. On the morning of July 22nd, the cremated remains of John, Lauren, and Carolyn were scattered into the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. President Clinton ordered that the flags at the White House be lowered to half-staff. Ted Kennedy spoke at the public memorial service held at the Church of St. Thomas. And he said, quote, We dared to think that this John Kennedy would live to comb gray hair with his beloved Carolyn by his side. But like his father, he had every gift but length of years. Wow. And that's the story of JFK Jr. Rest in peace. R.I.P. To JFK Jr., to Carolyn, and to Lauren. Is that her name? Yeah. Wow. It's so crazy because my coworker, I was talking to her about this, uh, Janine, my friend, mm-hmm. and I was telling her like, yeah, I'm doing JFK Jr. for my topic. And I was telling her like, I haven't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she was like, it's so sad because I think people forget about Carolyn. And I was like, and definitely Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nobody really thinks about her, you know? Yeah. But Carolyn, I feel like her life even... Like, I th- it's tragic. It's tragic for everybody, but I think it's even more tragic for Carolyn, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, she was she was 33. She was, like, our age. Oh, my God. I know. 
I keep thinking about Lindbergh because <laughs> that motherfucker was like arguably bad at flying. <laughs> I know. And he made it <laughs> yeah. to Paris. Yes. That's crazy, right? Oh, no. R.I.P. I wonder, you ever think about like if like, little things would be different, you know, like butterfly effect type things? Like how would the world be different today if maybe JFK Jr. hadn't died? I bet he would have been running for president. You think? Yeah, I I think so. Like I think I think he would have done it eventually. I don't think like like you were saying earlier, like it's not something he had to do then, mm-hmm. right? Right. And but I think like eventually because I think he cared so much about the US and and yeah. he did love politics and everything right. that he would have grown into wanting to become the president. Yes. And we would have all fucking ate that shit you up know and what i see it i i could see it as a response to maybe Trump. like no absolutely you know? yeah like so, how could this be this is not the america my dad left behind. yes exactly you know? and then it's that like oh we need a celebrity we, when i say we i mean like on the left like we need a celebrity to run for president like you know how they're right. they're trying to get rope oprah into doing it like this would have been the perfect perfect like okay a celebrity but someone who is actually like in this shit yeah it would have been perfect I think so, at least. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. We would have to see, like, what his, like, what is his plan, you know, <laughs> for I vote for him. But I would, I would entertain the notion of him as a, as a president. We'll see. What, it's yeah. not completely far-fetched, right? Right, right, right. Crazier yeah. things have happened. Hey, you said a mouthful there, sister. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's sad episode. Uh, I hope you have dreams of JFK Jr. Who, as we all will. <laughs> um, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod. Hit us up on the website, dramaclubpod.com. At the Gmail, dramaclubpod at gmail.com. <laughs> like 505-539-0556. And leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, especially if you listen on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And we want to grow the Drama Club community. Yeah, thank you. Listen next week. Bye. <laughs> however, whatever with your however.